today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Water baptism is not necessary for salvation. When you get baptized, it's not to be saved, it's because you are saved. Baptism doesn't save you. Now, hang in there with me, because there is a false teaching, alive and well today, been around a long time, nothing new under the sun, it's got new wrapping paper on it, I hate it. It's called regenerational baptism, which means that you have to be baptized to be saved. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. We like to think that we're in control of our own lives. We even twist the scriptures in order to pretend that we have power. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that at the end of the day, we control nothing but our own attitude. There's nothing that can save you outside of faith in Jesus Christ's burial and resurrection. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. When I've spoken at conferences on the mainland and I'm very uncomfortable with that whole thing. You know, and when I'm having a conversation with somebody and they find out I'm a pastor, this it's really hard on airplanes. Well, of course, I'm an Arab. That makes it even harder on airplanes. But, you know, I, my Bible's, you know, <laughs> what is that, the Quran? No, it's the Bible. It's <laughs> so I just use my phone now, of course. Because they'll say, hey, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. (laughs) It's not because I'm ashamed. It's because I don't like the connotation. Because, oh, you're the clergy. (laughs) What should I call you, Reverend Frog? No. (laughs) Reverend? Don't ever call me that. (laughs) Pastor Shepherd. Shepherd the flock of God. But it requires this thoughtfulness. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever just stopped and considered concerning that brother or that sister in Christ? How can I just lift them up? You know, I tell you, sometimes just a kind word, just a a hug, a pat on the back, man, hey, I get something like I'm good for a month. I might even get two months out of it. Just a simple, thoughtful gesture. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. And wouldn't you agree that if there was ever a time to spur one another towards love and good deeds, that time is now like never before? Well, it ties into the last one and... It's in verse 25, and some of your translations render it gathering. I think that it's better understood as assembling, and I'll explain why in a moment. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't stop assembling together, as 
apparently some there at that time were doing and had made a habit of it. These Hebrew Christians, they they stopped going to church and assembling together. Not gathering. Gathering's different than an assembly. And here's why. I'm going to use my watch. (laughs) I haven't done it for a while, so if you've seen this illustration before, you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay. It's a Timex. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. No, it is actually a Timex. (laughs) $39.95 Timex. Okay. Got a watch right here, right? I'm going to put it right there on the pulpit, on top of my Bible. And if I had all of the parts to this watch just kind of gathered together, it's of no use. It's not functioning. Well, they're gathered. They're not assembled. You see where I'm going? The writer of Hebrews is saying, don't forsake assembling together. So all of the parts of the body of believers are assembled, and they're functioning. That's what a healthy body functions like. We're different parts of the same body of Christ, and when we're assembled together, well, here's here's an example. Paul talks about it in his epistles. I, I really believe Paul had a sense of humor. Uh, if you really read the epistles, he had to. I think he had to have a sense of humor. But he's talking about, you know, the different parts of the body that kind of fancy themselves as being more important than other parts. You know, like the hand, you know, shouldn't, or the eye, you know, shouldn't say, man, I, I wish I was a hand or, you know, the <laughs> armpit. <laughs> I wish I wasn't the armpit in the body of Christ. I wish I was a hand. (laughs) Every part is extremely important. So I'm, I'm, uh, and I should never do this. I should never have tools in my hands because that's dangerous and I I can do a lot of damage. So I got a hammer and I got a nail and I'm trying to hammer a nail. I can never do that right. I, I love you that have that. Uh, skill. <laughs> I don't. Um, but I'm hammering that nail, and I hit my thumb. Now what does my body do? Oh, the whole body comes to the aid of the thumb. It's going to be okay. It's gonna... I talk to it. The other hand kind of, you know, rubs it. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Oh, but that hurt. I know it's going to be okay. Oh, it's cut. Let me get you a band-aid. The whole body puts the band-aid on the part that's hurting and injured. That's being assembled together. We're all different parts of the body. Great illustration. I'll end with this, and then we'll talk about water baptism. But uh, it was many years ago, Pastor Chuck Smith, before he went home to be with the Lord, was at a, a conference, and I wasn't at this particular conference, but I heard about it, and it just really made all the sense in the world to me. So there was an accident, an automobile accident, and apparently somebody had, you know how when those lights go yellow, you speed up? You're supposed to slow down. I do. I'm a law-abiding citizen. (laughs) 
So apparently the light went yellow and the driver sped up and then there was a collision and an accident there at the intersection. So Pastor Chuck drew upon this uh, as an illustration. He said, you know, when the police showed up, their concern was to see whose fault it was. You know, who broke the law? Who ran the red light? Who's in the wrong? Who's in the wrong? That's the policeman. But then the paramedics show up. They're there to minister to the wounds of the injured. Here was his point. We got way too many policemen in the body of Christ and not enough paramedics. Somebody's bleeding, hurting, struggling. And we're pointing the finger of blame. Well, that's what you get. You made your bed, now lie in it. Wow, where's the love? That's not love. And that's not Jesus either. Hey, they're a part of the body. That thumb just got bashed in. And you want to know whose fault it is? It's the hammer's fault. I knew it, that hammer. Hey, why don't you uh, minister to the wound? And aren't we all hurting wounded people? That's what the assembly does. And real quick, and I, I want you to think this through with me. This is very important because the ministry that takes place here in this amazing church that I'm so privileged to pastor is not just from pulpit to pew, as it were. It's between you and you. You know that, right? So I teach the Word, as is my privilege to do. But you know, after I'm done, you're out there, and the Lord might use you to minister to somebody else. Maybe a word fitly spoken for that person. And the Holy Spirit put them on your heart. And you're looking at them going, man, they, they look like they're really struggling. And you walk up to them and you consider a way to encourage them and say, even as something as simple as, hey, I don't know what's going on, but the Lord just puts you heavy on my heart. Can I just pray for you? And then just give them a hug and love on them, man. Just love on them. You know how it is, how we are. <laughs> we're all so crazy busy. I'm just as guilty as anyone. You know, when you see somebody and you say, hey, how you doing? Hey, great. How you doing? Ah, I'm blessed. All right, cool. Bye. What would happen if this happened? Hey, how you doing? Well, do you got a minute? Oh no, hey, we'll do lunch sometime. I wasn't expecting that. You mean I'm actually going to have to take some time and listen to them? I mean, really listen. You know, not fake listen. You know what fake listen is, right? That's when they're talking and you're inserting the, hmm, and oh, is that right, in the right spot until you mess up. They ask you a question, you go, oh, hmm, oh, busted. You weren't listening at all. In fact, usually you're trying to think of what you're going to say while they're talking. 
And then, I'm talking about myself, you'll even interrupt them, finish the sentence for them. I mean, just after all, just kind of speed this thing up. I got things to do. I really don't have time. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I was expecting you to give me the pat answer, the canned answer. Yeah, I'm blessed. How are you doing? I'm blessed. Okay. No, you're not. How about you ask him this? How are you really doing? Oh, thank you for asking. I'm not doing real good. I'm really struggling. Here's what's going on. Wow. Man, that's heavy. Listen, let's pray. I'll I'll pray for you. And if there's anything I can do to help you, I want to help you. I want to be there for you. You know, sometimes just being there for somebody, just being present, just being there. You don't have to even say anything. Sometimes people don't need your mouth. They just need your shoulder. (laughs) I'm going to write a book. If I ever write a book, that's going to be the title of it, because I'm the mouth in the body of Christ. I'll give you my mouth. I'm rushing in trying to fix the thing, right? Sometimes people just need a shoulder to cry on. And guys in in marriage with your wives, sometimes they're not communicating to you because they want you, because we're fixers, right? We're going, let's fix this thing. Let's get this thing resolved right now. Sometimes they just need you to listen and not talk. I'm getting so convicted right now. (laughs) Just listen to them. Don't try to say, oh, hey, no, just shut up. Just listen to them. They just need to be able to share their heart with you. Just listen to them. Be there for them. Just be present. Eyeball to eyeball. Just be there for them. Listen to them. My wife's in this service, so I've got to be on my best behavior. Hey, let's talk about water baptism. And I want to take the remainder of our time and just quickly and simply explain what water baptism is, what water baptism is not. So I've got four things here just real quick, starting with the first one, which is that water baptism is a biblical command that we obey once we become a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ. It's a command, actually. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus speaking, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Secondly, water baptism is an outward expression of an inward commitment proclaiming publicly his death, burial, and resurrection. So watch this. So this is why you are immersed, because you're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you're going down like into the grave, into the water, identifying with the death of Jesus Christ and the burial. And then when I bring you up, and I will bring you up, (laughs) 
(laughs) You're identifying with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what the symbolism of baptism is. It's an outward expression of an inward commitment. Romans 6, verses 1 through 8. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Doesn't mean you're sinless. You're in Christ. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death. It's a death to self. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with Him like this in His death, we will certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. It's an identification of salvation, an outward proclamation of salvation. And that really ties into our third one, what water baptism is not. Water baptism is not necessary for salvation. When you get baptized, it's not to be saved, it's because you are saved. Baptism doesn't save you. Now, hang in there with me, because there is a false teaching, alive and well today, been around a long time, nothing new under the sun, it's got new wrapping paper on it. I hate it. It's called regenerational baptism, which means that you have to be baptized to be saved. And the way they get there, I mean, they twist the Scriptures into a pretzel that no one would want to eat. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. They can't get around this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Did you read anywhere in there where I have to be baptized? For it is by grace and baptism you have been saved. No, it doesn't say that. My favorite, and I hands down, I've only had one guy that took me to task. He did a pretty good job. I was actually pretty impressed. I even told him, that's pretty impressive, the way he twisted the Scriptures to get there. (laughs) But I, I go right to the criminal on the cross. We affectionately refer to him as the thief on the cross. Oh, I mean, this is, well, we used to say slam dunk. Now I guess the cool thing is drop the mic. I'm not going to drop this mic. But this is a drop the mic. This is a slam dunk. You know the account, right? These two criminals, that doesn't mean there was only two that were crucified with Christ that day, but you got two guys there that are being crucified at the same time as Christ. (laughs) Can you imagine the Savior of the world? And one of them gets saved. The other one rejects Christ. Man. So when he acknowledges that he's guilty, 
and that Jesus is innocent. And he tells the other guy, he says, hey, we deserve to be here. This man has done nothing. He is innocent. Truly, he is the Son of God. And he says to Jesus, will you remember me when you enter your kingdom? And Jesus, in, I mean, oh, this was his answer to him. Truly, truly, (laughs) I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. If you can figure out a way to get off the cross, go get water baptized, get back up here, then I can take you. I'm sorry I had to do that, but you get the point. He didn't get baptized, but he got saved. How about that? I'm not even going to bother with how they try to twist that one. Water baptism is not necessary for salvation. It's a public proclamation of one's salvation. And what you're doing is you're publicly identifying with Jesus Christ and His death and burial and resurrection. Last one. Water baptism is not able to cleanse you or remove sinful habits from you. That comes by confessing and forsaking sin. First John 1 John 1.9, we've talked about this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then Proverbs 28.13. This is a very interesting proverb, and I want to end with this one. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes will have mercy. Did you catch that? What does it mean to confess your sins? It means that you confess and acknowledge that it is sin. What do you mean? Well, see, this is our problem. We don't call it sin anymore. We call it something else. We call them issues. I've, I've got some issues. Oh, you have issues, do you? <laughs> you have sin! Wait, oh, uh, Jesus died for your issues? No, died for your sins. The poster child for this is the word adultery. <gasps> no, we're not going to call it that. It's an affair. Oh, it was just an affair. Oh, okay. It's just an affair. No, it was adultery, the sin of adultery. That's what confessing your sin is. You confess it as sin. Lord, I confess that was sin. I sinned against you. We're not confessing issues. Lord, I have some issues. I need to confess. No, confess your sins because see, If you don't call sin, sin, then it's hands off. He's going to forgive sins. But if you've changed the label on it, and you don't call it sin, and you call it something else, well, wait a minute. He forgives sins. He, He cleanses us from sin. So you better get it into the sin column so he can. You got it in the issues column, then you do have issues, believe me. It has to be confessed as sin. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website calvarychapelkaneohe.com That's all we have time for today but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Oh,